G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And we love to catch up with Greg Bondar from Family Voice Australia regularly here on Vision. He's the State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. And uh, we're going to hear a few hot topics happening around the nation. How are you, Greg? Fine, thank you, Matt. Good to have you back. Now, mate, um, it's uh, interesting to see some stats that uh, you've uh, you've researched recently about uh, what's happening in the Baptist churches this year. Give us the latest update there, mate. Yeah, look, this came across my um, desk, uh, I think it might have been Friday of last week, but there are surveys conducted by the Baptist churches here in New South Wales and the ACT. And interestingly, there are three distinct uh, results that have come out, Matt, and I'd like to share those with you in particular the question that the churches were asked, uh, number one, was what are the ways your church is currently conducting its Sunday gatherings? Well, interestingly, Matt, 62% are actually streaming online. In other words, it's available on the, on, on the web and uh, people can download it and watch it at their own time. Also, on face-to-face uh, gatherings, 43% are now going back. So they've gone... Um, uh, live, so to speak. But the interesting thing is that online Zoom meetings, 40% of, of people are still watching or preferring, according to the churches, to have online Zoom meetings, which is fascinating because there's going to be a trend here, I guess, Matt. You know. Yeah, well, I've, I can certainly relate to that. Uh, you know, I've been streaming our church services for a few years already, so mm. it's something we, we've always offered. Uh, but the, uh, the face-to-face gatherings, I'm surprised that's actually so low because... I would have thought more people are gathering face-to-face, but I guess you, you've got some congregations with maybe a, an older demographic where they might want to be might want to meet face-to-face uh, at the moment. Yeah, well, that's interesting. In, in my own church, which is an Anglican, of course, that I attend, and uh, I, I did go to a Baptist many years ago as a youth, but interestingly, in our church, we're, we're still streaming. We have uh, the Zoom and... Um, the number of people that turn up is, you know, fairly low at the moment because we are observing the COVID distancing rules. But interestingly, Matt, the other question that was asked of the churches, uh, what support do your churches need for 2021? Now, this is interesting because around about 38% of the responses from the churches said they said we don't need any support. But ironically... The second highest response was that the churches wanted guidance on the new church paradigm. In other words, they've recognised that the churches are going to have to operate differently in the new post-pandemic church environment. And, and this was confirmed, Matt, also by the fact that they were asked, how do you imagine your church meeting if restrictions are eased? Well, Matt, have a look at this. They're saying that they're hoping to go back face-to-face, but only around about 59 60%. Wow. But they are still preferring around about 30% prefer Zoom meetings and around 55% online streaming. So, Matt, there's a clear trend here, and that's showing us that 
after the you know the pandemic is over and we're back to sort of normal life, there's going to be still a high demand for online Zoom type meetings, which is a really interesting development because you know if you look at Hebrews ten twenty five, it says, "Let us not stop meeting together." as some are inclined to do. So it's going to be interesting how churches will get back to the traditional face-to-face meeting once COVID starts to ease. Mm. A couple of things I'll draw out of that, uh, Greg, Mm. for for discussion, you know. So firstly, I think uh, one of the new paradigms for anyone in church leadership is that we need to uh, always consider an online option for every meeting. So whether it be the Sunday service, whether it even be a board meeting, you know, some board uh, members will will be able to Zoom in from home, you know, uh, even connect groups in homes. Yeah. We need to consider that, having someone on the screen uh, with two or three people on the screen and then the rest of them in, you know, face-to-face. It it gets a bit complicated uh, and there's always technical dramas and you just got to laugh it off and and keep moving on, you know. Uh, I don't know how many times I've said, you're on mute. Unmute yourself. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've said that. Is it? Um, I, I know what you're saying, but I mean, I know our Bible study group meets, uh, and and I prefer to go online because my wife also goes out at the same night, so I've got to make sure I'm at home. We've got the one car, so I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's something that we need to be flexible with, um, not just in church, yep. but in you know, in business, in you know, in. Oh. Even family birthday parties, you know, let's have the option of having Zoom for the family members that couldn't make it, you know. So, uh, you know, we just need to be creative in that sense. But my concern with that, Greg, is that Mm. people won't take the face-to-face option and will err on the side of the online option uh, if if, uh, possible. And we all know that face-to-face real fellowship, real community, you know, the, the Greek word is koinonia, you know, where the brothers and Correct. sisters are together in, in unity. Um, you can't replace it, can you? And my concern is for the mental health of people who are locked in their rooms online all the time and not actually getting out and socialising, it's going to affect them in, in you know, I, I think there's going to be long-lasting ramifications yeah. from this. What are your thoughts on that, Greg? That's exactly why I mentioned Hebrews 10.25, mm. because I think that got to start meeting again Mm. because one of the biggest values in Christian fellowship is actual fellowship Mm. over a cup of coffee over a cup of tea how are you going John how's your Bible study going do you have any you know um, issues that uh, so on and so on in other words nothing beats getting together in face-to-face fellowship and in point of fact our church is now going to look uh, in the next after the school holidays we're going to look how can we have morning tea spread out but still have morning tea so we might have the food wrapped and coffee served you know um, uh, in, in, in cups rather than um, in, in paper cups and so on so we're looking at ways that we can meet together because I think it's critical if you want to follow Bruce 10.25 mm. You know when uh, when COVID hit uh, we, we asked the associate pastor at our church to uh, coordinate Zoom groups for all the connect groups yeah. and some of the connect group leaders didn't know how to use Zoom <laughs> And had to be had to be trained on that. And I remember posting on Facebook one week. I said I've had a successful week as a pastor. I've converted four people to Zoom. I've taught three people how to use Skype, and I've got three new people to join Facebook uh, because that, that's Wonderful. that's always part of the problem, uh, you know, isn't yeah. it? That people that don't know the technology, you've got to teach them the tech first. Yeah. Um, but then people get Zoom fatigue, don't they? They don't want to 
just talk online anymore and you're yeah. getting a drop off in that sense as well. Have you heard much about Zoom fatigue? Yeah, well, it has because I—I I mean, we run here at Family Voice. We run uh, a fortnightly um, webinar, and I've had, you know, the Archbishop. I've had all sorts of people. I've had politicians. I've had, you name it. And I'm now a, a Zoom expert. Uh, Matt, I have to tell you, but but I'm, I'm fatigued out in so many ways. But you know what? I am enjoying it because it allows us to connect and provide a meaningful uh, um, a connection to our supporters Australia wide. Yeah. And I just keep saying, I've got all my pastor friends, whenever we chat, we just say it's both and, not either or, you know. Um, because there are there are some people that will never be on Facebook, will never be on Zoom, will never want to use yep. that kind of technology. And we we still have to care for those in the flock as well, don't we? Absolutely right. Mm. Absolutely. Well, good statistics there from the Baptists. And, yeah, uh, thank you. Some other news, uh, South Australian MPs are rejecting silent prayer in abortion censorship zones. What's the latest there? Yeah, this is real, a real sad situation because in South Australia, and, and uh, there's been a legislation proposed, it's called the Healthcare Safe Access Amendment Bill 2020. And in point of this bill's gone through, and what it's saying is that there's got to be an exclusion zone of 150 metres from any pr- uh, 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 premises that provide Abortion. Now, an interestingly, uh, Minister Spears uh, uh, sort of tried to amend that legislation by saying, look, can we have silent prayers within that exclusion zone for mothers that are going to enter these clinics? And we'd like to have some prayer within that zone. Well, unfortunately, you know, the the South Australian Parliament... um, was, you know, defeated uh, Minister Spears' amendment 24 to 20, which now means, so sad, that the, the, this is virtually a shutdown of freedom of speech and, and really facilitates the commercialisation of abortion. So in other effect, what will have the ban means that there will be no communication allowed within 150, 150 metres of any abortion clinic, so that not even silent prayers will be allowed to be said. And I think this is really sad, Matt. I, I think that, you know, the world's gone mm. crazy. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely heartbreaking. We've been chatting about uh, the, the different states and the different uh, extreme laws that are coming in, um, and we certainly need to be praying. We need to be contacting our local MPs and uh, making, yeah. you know, speaking up. And, you know, it, it, you know praise God for great organisations, uh uh, like Family Voice, who are speaking up on our behalf as well. So thank yeah. you for what you're doing. Well, we're, we're still, there, there's still an opportunity, Matt. You know, I mean, people in South Australia, and actually Australia-wide, doesn't really matter, but people in South Australia should be writing to their politicians because the, the bill was in the upper house, which means that uh, there's still an opportunity for it to be knocked back or to accept the amendment to allow prayers within the 150-metre zone. So there's a lot of opportunity there in South Australia. It's not yet... Um, finished, so I'm urging everybody there in South Australia to write to their MPs and say, hey, let the prayers be said within 150 metres, at least allow us to, you know, appeal to our higher authority and uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, give these women a last-minute hope just in case that they've cha- if, if they want to change their mind. And I think we've got to make sure that, we, you know, let's not forget, please, Matt, that this is nothing short of killing the unborn. So mm. we've got to be very careful. And I hate the commercialisation of, of abortion. 
and and we need to keep the the fight up on this issue. Mm, amen. Well, it's wonderful to hear uh, you speaking up on this, and uh, I have heard once that it is great to write to your local MP, uh, send them an email or a letter, but even visiting them face to face, even is uh, you know often gets gets more of a platform. Um, what, what's your advice on that? Yeah, well, absolutely. If mm. you can get, and you know what, they are your representatives. They are working for you, mm. and and they need to make it access. Now, I, funny enough, I, I I had a meeting with a minister. Uh, well, yeah, was a minister, and and I said, look, I'd like to come and visit. You said, oh, look, I can't do the done. So we had a Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I said, not another one. But but you know what? It was one of the best meetings I've had. So right. it, it, it enabled us to put our case. On, an, on a particular issue. So, uh, you know, they, they become beneficial. So there's another option for people who want to contact their local member. There you go. Right, visit or Zoom your local MP. Great, <laughs> yeah. great advice. Now, on another topic, uh, Family Voice is alerting Queenslanders about Anastasia Palaget introducing euthanasia and assisted suicide. Uh, hot topic with the upcoming election uh, this month. It's October. It's October 1. The election's this month now. Wow. Yeah, 31st, yeah. Mm. What's, yeah. what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, Matt, Matt, this is, I, I don't want to forget this, and I've spoken to, I think, Anil some time ago on this, but this is a really big issue, and I think every Queenslander needs to be aware that Anastasia Palaszczuk has really pulled the wool over their eyes because what she's done is she said, oh, well, you know, I'm going to refer the legislation to a... A, a committee, the Queensland Law, Law Reform Commission, for consideration. But in point of fact that the Queensland Parliament Health Committee already recommended in March that the bills, that the legislation should be passed. So what Anastasia has done is she's referred it to a committee and will ask for the response to be handed down after the election. Now, we know what the response is going to be. The response will be, go ahead with the legislation. So... No, uh, uh, Matt, we've got to make sure that the Queensland va- voters understand that euthanasia or assisted suicide is really the deliberate killing of a human person mm. by another human person. Nothing short of that. So let's be aware of it and let's take some real positive action here. Absolutely. And I, I was uh, actually chatting to uh, Wes Leake yesterday from Business Blessings and he was saying right. that... Uh, you know, Wendy Francis from the Christian Lobby, also uh, Tishan Johnson from Cherish Life. A whole bunch of uh, Queensland uh, Christian leaders are gathering together regularly on Zoom, funnily enough, and they're praying and they're uh, inviting others to join in and uh, trying to get the word out in the churches uh, mm-hmm. about, you know, making sure that we, we speak up for life in our state. And uh, uh, yeah. there's, a, there's some... Uh, discussions that there will be a change of government uh, in this election. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, that, this is really interesting because we have actually got a uh, a Queensland uh, state election webinar on the 29th of October. I've got some very interesting politicians coming on board, so I'm hoping that people will go to our website and look at that. But in the meantime, what's going to happen is that if, if you look at this closely, the issues on moral Ethical issues are being ignored by the politicians, and we need to bring these to the forefront and allow politicians to know that we're on we're on to them, that we w- don't want our faith threatened. Uh, in point of fact, uh, uh, the Christian Medical and Dental Fellowship of Australia. Now, that's an interesting organisation. Their president was on our webinar last week, Professor John Whitehall. They are saying that 
euthanasia is is really they they said that this is a moral opposition to both uh, their moral opposition to euthanasia and physical assisted suicide has been a feature of both the Hippocratic Oath and the Judeo-Christian tradition from earliest times. So in other words, doctors should be, you know, coming forward on this and speaking out. We as Christians should be coming out and say, look, we don't want euthanasia at this particular... We should be looking at things like better, world-class palliative care. So there are a lot of other issues that we could... other other, solutions that we can have apart from the assisted dying taking place because, you know, some people think that's the only way that you can have uh, dignity in dying. Well, I, I, you know, we need to rethink this, uh, mm. Matt. Absolutely, mate. And if people want to find out more about Family Voice, the website is familyvoice.org.au. Uh, they're also on Facebook. And uh, great to see you guys are uh, speaking up for righteousness in our nation. Thanks so much for your time, yeah. Greg. God bless. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. But I just want to make sure that people do go to our website and have a look at the How to Vote Wisely. Mm-hmm. It's on our website. How to Vote Wisely is a guide for the Queensland election. We also have one for the Australian Capital Territory election. So please go to that and have a look. And it's uh, it's comparing the two major parties on moral and ethical and social issues. Wonderful. Once again, the website's familyvoice.org.au. Yep. Thanks so much, Greg. God bless. And God bless you too. Thank you, Matt. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.